What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. We are recording this on Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween night. Just got back from taking my son trick-or-treating. He was a cow this year for his second Halloween ever in nasty, snowy, sleety Michigan. I remember when it used to be warm every year when we would go trick-or-treating, and I I feel like that's not in my son's future anymore with climate change, unfortunately, because it's been nasty the last couple of years. We're bringing on Matt in just a minute to talk about week eight of the NFL season. Today was the NFL trade deadline, so we're going to break down the trades that we saw. We're going to talk about some of the trades that we wish we had seen. We're disappointed we didn't. And then we're going to talk about a pretty loaded week nine of the NFL season and then finish with scolds and bolds from week eight. Matt got his revenge on me this week in fantasy football. He beat me pretty badly in the other league we're in, returning the favor from a couple weeks ago. So we may hear him brag about that a little bit as well. Before we get started, just a reminder that we set up an email address, fouledoutsports at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us, let us know what's working for the podcast, what's not working, what you want to hear more of. Uh, We appreciate all you guys listening, and we'd appreciate getting your feedback as well. So without further ado, let's go get Matt, and let's go. Right, Matt is here, fresh off of the NFL trade deadline, and what I can only assume is consuming massive amounts of candy because today is Halloween. Matt, how are you, my friend? Ready to rest up because it's our bye week. A well-earned bye week yeah. to the six and two Lions. Yeah. Coming off of a big bounce back game Monday night. Jameer Gibbs. You know, maybe just tip of the iceberg, finally looking like the running back that I think a lot of fantasy owners expected this season. Offense putting up like close to 500 yards. Feels good to see. Pretty damn good on a Monday night, especially like this is the thing I've liked about the Lions the most this season is just they take care of business against the bad teams. Yeah, there was a lot of criticism after the Ravens game last week for kind of coming out flat. Uh, we knew that they would bounce back in a big way this week, especially being at home on a Monday, and they showed out yesterday and looked good doing it. Yeah, could do without the turnovers, but hey, those will happen. That'll happen. I feel like that one announcer jinxed Jared Goff earlier this season. He's like, he hasn't thrown an interception in 280 passes, and he's had an so, interception every game since then. Any of one who's who like has watched him the entire time he's been in Detroit knew this was coming though. It was like, he's going to be great and unstoppable and not throw any interceptions at all until he finally throws one. And then they're going to keep coming. Like it was great while it lasted. He was playing as well in the pocket as anyone in the NFL, but that's not who you can expect him to be week after week. Yeah, he's, he's always he's always been a pretty turnover prone guy dating back to the days in LA. And I'm not even like trying to be overly critical of him here. Like he's he's gonna have his, his turnovers. And I would like him to like go a couple weeks without turning the ball over. But what I do appreciate is that when he does turn the ball over, he goes back out there on the next drive and like he's not hung up on it. Like he bounces back from it pretty well usually. He's just got those little tiny hands. (laughs) Little tiny baby hands like Kenny Pickett. That's why you can't hold on to the ball. Yeah, trade deadline today, October 31st. It was at 4 p.m. Eastern today. Yep. Uh, Not, I mean, NFL trade deadline is typically pretty quiet. I felt like a little more action today than normal, but like it's not like you know the NBA where you might see like a Kevin Durant get traded or the MLB where you see like perennial trade that de- like every year the MLB yeah. deadline is like big players getting traded and like key pieces to making World Series runs. 
I think we had a couple guys traded today that were very interesting. Uh, some teams kind of loading up for the second half of the season. And one, then, one team just thrown in the towel. Couple, a couple of teams kind of thrown in the towel too. And then just one trade that uh, I, I don't think I'm going to get over for <laughs> a long time for so many reasons. I had my notes have us starting in the NFC West. Do you want to start there? Or you want to start somewhere else? Let's start there. Okay. So NFC West, I have, I wrote down the NFC West arms race. Although both teams just kind of made one deal. Yeah. But Seattle looked like the team that was going to have the best week this week. Last week, it was the Eagles mm-hmm. uh, dominating Miami and then trading for Kevin Byard, the safety from the Tennessee Titans. This week, Seattle takes care of business against Cleveland in one of the dumbest losses that you will see in some time. Uh, Having P.J. Walker throw on third down, he throws the big interception when they're trying to put the game away. Seattle gets great field position, touchdown pass to uh, my boy JSN, goes in and puts Seattle ahead for good. Then they go out and they trade for what former pro bowler, former all pro level player, uh defensive lineman from the giants, Leonard Williams, give up a couple picks for that. Simultaneously, San Francisco gets beat down by Cincy in the Bay area. So you, you told me this before the weekend even started. You're like, Hey, heads up just this, you know, so, you know, this weekend, Seattle can take control of the NFC West. Yep. And I was like, there's no way that's true. I was told that San Francisco was the best football team to ever exist when they were 5-0. <laughs> uh, San Francisco drops their third in a row. Another rough game for Brock Purdy. They go out and trade a third-round pick for fighting George's defensive end, Chase Young. Yep. Former second overall pick, I believe. He was in that draft. I believe so, yeah. So both teams loading up. I think still a pretty good weekend for Seattle to take the lead in that division, get a tough win against Cleveland. On the San Francisco side, you think San Francisco's in trouble? Like they, since they were anointed the greatest team of all time, they've dropped three games in a row now. I mean, I guess it, it depends on what your definition of in trouble is. I I don't think they're in trouble in terms of like, oh, they might miss the playoff. I think they're in serious trouble in terms of winning the division. They're in trouble from the standpoint of like, hey, you know, like those concerns that we kind of had about the team coming into the season. Now they're kind of starting to pop up. Yeah, I I know that they've had a few injuries recently, but I I think what we're seeing here is less anything like that, anything schematic and more just a team not being focused and ready to go and dominate their opponent. Most of those opponents that they've, the last three that they've lost to, they're capable of dominating. It's funny because people are asking like, where's your panic meter on the San Francisco 49ers right now? I'm like, I'm I'm not panicking at all for them because they're exactly where we expected them to be because we both picked Seattle to win this division in the first place. So, but I could see where if you were like, oh, 49ers going to be the one seed, they're going to dominate the season where you might be worried there. Yeah, my concern for San Francisco is kind of like twofold right now. The first is that, you know, I'm not going to be concerned about anybody that gets cooked by Joe Burrow. In the Cincinnati Bengals passing attack. Like that's going to happen to you sometimes. Uh, But the previous week, Kirk Cousins absolutely cooked them on Monday Night Football with no Justin Jefferson. So that's a little bit concerning. Okay. Like we've all seen Kirk just get on a fucking heater and nothing makes sense. Okay. Like if you want to file that one away, that's fine. The week before, though. Not great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, PJ Walker was like 192 yards and two picks, but not not good. But yeah, and RIP to Kirk Cousins' contract season. Man, 
Torres Achilles on Sunday. Just uh, an injury that makes me want to sit at my desk here with both of my ankles tucked under my legs because <laughs> I get squeamish every time. I was I was actually eating dinner on Sunday with my family. We went out to dinner and I look at my phone. It's a text from Matt. <laughs> Kirk, torn Achilles. Second text. Cousins, not Christian. <laughs> I was like, that still doesn't make any sense. Because Cousins is also Christian. And I almost stopped eating. I just put, I kind of put my fork down and I was like, oh, I got to like take a minute to process anytime someone tears their Achilles. But man, the, uh, the Vikings just can't have nice things, man. They, yeah. they get, they get back to four and four. They, you know, Justin Jefferson's going to come back soon. They're currently sitting in the seventh seed of the NFC. It's like, oh man, it's kind of looking at it like during that green Bay game. And I was like, maybe the Vikings will be the seventh playoff team this season. They just started slow and now they're bouncing back and then down goes Kirk and it's going to be a tough road for them the rest yeah. of the way. But uh, my other concern on San Francisco is that like Brock Purdy is not looked like the same quarterback over the last three games. I mean, really tough day in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. Didn't put up very many points against the Vikings. Like they've scored 17 each of the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, and then this past week, another rough one, three turnovers, including the game ceiling uh, fumble at the end. And he actually, so he threw two picks and he lost a fumble. He actually threw a third pick and it was called back. And then the very next play loses the fumble on the sack. And I was like, he's just begging to give that ball away. Uh, and I think, like you said, like when they make him play a little bit outside of the structure of the offense is when that offense kind of starts going off the rails. Yeah. You know, like he he's a good quarterback. And I, I think like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how good of a quarterback he actually is, but there is still a large component to him of the system he plays in and the guys that are around him enhancing his skill. And when he's asked to play outside of that structure, He's still, that's where he's still growing as a second year player. Yeah. Yes. It, I would agree with that. I would also say that I think we've seen pretty definitively that, like, when the system that he plays in is forced to just be a drop back passing game, it's not very good at it. Like, it's not built to do that. There's there's kind of two things that need to be resolved there, and that doesn't really help the young quarterback. That like they they don't have an offense that is meant to do that particular thing. I'm not like I I think that the offense that he's in is great. It's just not one that is necessarily conducive to needing to come back from multiple scores to outline your point here too this was posted on reddit uh yesterday 49ers head coach cal shanahan is now 0 and 37 when trailing by eight or more points in the fourth quarter and he is 1 and 31 when trailing by three or more points entering the fourth quarter yes this is not a team that plays well from behind that's with them having an incredible defense for like several years now i, I think it's so. part of like hurdy still working on you know we don't know what he's going to be as a final result he's not yeah. really a ceiling raiser right now and i know there's not a ton no. of those guys but like you know when sometimes with these better quarterbacks it's just like god we just we need a comeback and it's like okay we're just going to put the ball in josh allen's hands or lamar jackson or jalen hurts or any of these guys and he's not that guy yet. He's still more of a function of the offense. But I still, I don't want to knock him too hard because it's just been a couple of weeks. Kind of a perfect time for a bye week for them. They're on the yeah. bye this week as well. Um, you know, some time to fix that, get that right, and then come out and play a Jacksonville team that all of a sudden is six and two and playing very good defense as well. Yeah. So that'll yeah, be fun in a couple of weeks. They finally figured if we just keep giving the ball to Travis Etienne, who nobody's stopped all year long, 
they won't start stopping him. (laughs) He's going to be a league winner this year if they keep him involved because he's been fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he's been awesome. The AFC is looking real tough right now. You have all four division leaders are six and two. The Chiefs, the Ravens. Who am I missing? The Dolphins. Yep. (laughs) And the Jags. The Jags are kind of rounding into being the team that we thought they'd be in the preseason where it's like they're just going to win a bunch of games because the schedule is relatively soft and they're a good, the, by far the best team in their division. Uh, Cincy rounding into shape now here too. They're four and three after beating San Francisco by 14 in San Francisco. Uh, I'm just going to call my shot right now. They play the bills on Sunday night football this week. They're going to kick the bills asses up and down the field that they own the bills. It's in Cincy. They're they're their Seattle. Pete Carroll has Dan Campbell's number right now. I can't wait for the day where he finally gets over that hump. But like he's got like that is absolutely where Cincinnati is with Buffalo. And like they they've got to figure it out. I you know, I think it starts with committing to the run game, quite frankly. Uh and it doesn't have to be all on James Cook. I think you can definitely, although it's a little bit risky, you can certainly use Josh Allen and that run game a little bit. But like you need a consistent run game to keep that Lou Anarumo defense honest. Hey, they just picked up playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette on the Bills. <laughs> See a little Lombardi Lenny action on Sunday night. Before I make this next point, I do just, I want to revisit what we started with. Uh, Leonard Williams to Seattle, Chase Young to San Francisco. I like both yeah. those pickups. Yeah. You know, and I like that these teams are looking at this and saying like, okay, we're pretty much locked to make the playoffs with how the NFC is looking right now. What weaknesses do we need to address? How do we get better? And they go out, make the moves they need to make, bring in some, you know, in... Seattle's case, it's a guy who's been playing good football the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Uh, San Francisco, it's a dude who we've never seen him reach his full potential. Yeah. You know, he's been kind of disappointing after being a top five pick at defensive end. But if you're going to pop off, like, I I like that. It's, I, it's, it's, if you're going to pop off, it's going to be playing across from Nick Bosa and next to Eric Armstead. Yeah. And Javon Kinlaw and having Fred Warner right yeah. behind you quarterbacking yeah. your defense. Do they have Hargrave too? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it's actually kind of insane <laughs> that they just gave up 31 points to Cincinnati with that defense. But the defense has been having a rough time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if you're going to go for a trade like that, I like, you know, we talk about this in the NBA more than the NFL where, you know, why not take a bet on a guy who has a good pedigree? and was a high caliber player and put him in your system where it might just be a change of scenery. Like think about how rough chase young's tenure in Washington has been and all the shit that's gone down in Washington. Yeah. And now you join this group with the 49ers of awesome players, good defensive coordinator, better system. I, I think that we could see a much better version of chase young than what we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we've seen at least to a certain degree in Washington, like at least on the offensive side of the ball, things have gotten better because it's at least watchable <laughs> depending on which game you watch. Uh, but like, we can't say that the guys on the defensive side of the ball have had that luxury because Jack Del Rio has just been committing war crimes on defense. It ain't great. And now they just traded away uh, Chase Young. And, and they sweat. <laughs> I was going to say, they also made the next trade that's on our schedule. They trade Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. My note I wrote down was Bears. What the fuck? We, we've already talked about, we already had a podcast episode this year named the what the fuck bears. This is going to be the return of the what the fuck bears. 
They trade a second rounder, a team that's two and six, and we don't know when we're going to see Justin Fields again, and we don't know if seeing Justin Fields again is going to be a good thing. Yeah. For a guy who's in the last year of his contract, he's 27 years old. Yep. And you made the point to me earlier, even if this team, like, let's say you take the stickers off the helmets and say it's not the Chicago Bears, because we know the Chicago Bears can't do this, but <laughs> if they did build properly, yeah, it's still going to be three to four years before they're competitive, like competitive to the level like, where they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, or like not the seventh seed that's going to get knocked out in the first quarter of the wildcard round. Yeah, I mean, right. I guess like if you got the top two picks this year and you got Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. and they're the prospects that we think they can be, maybe like that shaves it. That take a couple years off down to two years, right? Yeah. It's it's still a while, and like, don't get me wrong, because Montez Sweat is like a hell of a player. Yes, he is awesome, and yeah. he's a guy that I would want on my team any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Right. It does not make sense to trade a premium pick for that guy right now. It's just not the piece you need in this rebuild. He's not signing a five-year deal. Like, that doesn't make sense for him at 27 years old. Because then your next contract is at 32 years old. And... You know, you don't know what you're going to look like at that point, but your bargaining value is a lot shakier when age comes into question. So he's probably signing a two or three year deal, which means by the time they have any realistic chance of being competitive, he needs his third contract. And yeah. they're paying a linebacker $19 million a year in a rebuild. Let's go. <laughs> right. God. Are uh, Bears fans just... excited about this? Like, did I didn't see anything in the group text today. Is Carlos like happy? <laughs> like, is he? Yeah, I, I do know he's not super happy with the fact that uh, Jalen Johnson is asking to be traded. And that the Bears are like, oh, yeah, go ahead and look for a trade. Yeah, he didn't go anywhere today, but now he's saying that he's not going to negotiate a contract with them the rest of the season as well. Yeah, so he's probably going to ask for a trade in the offseason. Yeah, I was looking at PFF's top-ranked corners today because Rasul Douglas got traded, and I was like, okay, how's Rasul Douglas been doing? Looking for like a breakdown of that. Uh, Jalen Johnson's shockingly high. He was like top three. In PFF grade. And I was like, I mean, for a dude to be playing that good on that defense, it's kind of surprising. Well, yeah. I mean, I first, I always take PFF ranking grades with a little bit of a grain of salt, but no, Jalen Johnson is a good player. Doesn't play with a ton of other talent and their defensive coordinator from the beginning of the year had to step down because he was being investigated by the FBI. So that should tell you how well things have been going there. I was surprised there wasn't more of a bidding war for him or that we didn't hear more rumors about teams calling Chicago for his services. I think it probably comes down to like the same thing. Although... The stakes are not quite the same as like Patrick Sertan, right? We heard the rumors about Patrick Sertan potentially being on the market. And at the end of the day, it's going to take like four first round picks to actually get Patrick Sertan out of there. This is a 24 year old shut down corner on his first deal. Like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, Chicago's like, why are, why would we trade away our best corner? We're competing. <laughs> Did you not see us trade for Montez sweat? We're a super bowl threat. As soon as Justin Fields comes back from his dislocated thumb. And yeah, like looking at their schedule, 
they have like maybe three wins the rest of the year. I hope they get more because I want my team to get a better pick than them. I don't know. They got so they play the Saints this weekend. We don't know if Fields is going to be back. I, they're not going to win any more games with Tyson Badjet or whatever his name is. T bag. Uh, look, I do not like anything about the Saints offense other than Olave and Kamara, but the the structure, the blocking, I it's it's not good. Um but that defense going up against Tyson Bajant, yeah, no, he's dead. Um I have not loved Olave this year for the Saints. I have him on my fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was gonna say the thing that you probably did love about the Saints offense this past weekend is watching Taysom Hill just like crap all over my hopes and dreams in yes. our fantasy football match. Yes, I did love that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the viewership of Fouled Out, I'm starting a legal class action against <laughs> Taysom Hill. If Taysom Hill has hurt you in fantasy football, call 1-800-FOULED-OUT. We will get you justice. That was bullshit. You're, you had like Zach Ertz. And he went to IR and Matt's like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll just pick up Taysom Hill <laughs> fucking five <laughs> touchdowns later. It was beautiful. I have Olave and Kamara in the other league that we play in together. And I kept checking the score because I kept seeing touchdowns. And I was like, oh, hopefully it's one of my guys. It's like, nope, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Fucking vulture at the goal line. <laughs> Killing me. Matt kicked my ass this week up and down the fantasy football court. I do want to say about this bears trade. The number one piece of analysis that I hate in all of football is when people say that a high second round pick is basically a first. There are 32 first round picks unless somebody tampered with Tom Brady or possibly might've known something about deflating footballs. (laughs) There are 32 first round picks. If you do not get one of the top 32 picks, it is not a first round pick. If you have pick 33, that is not a first round pick. Sometimes things have different names because they're different. It's a second (laughs) round pick for Montez Sweat. It's not basically a first. And on top of that, like we heard pretty much the entire draft process about how like, yeah, like, None of these teams have 32 like first round grades out players. Like most years, they don't. So realistically, no, a second round pick is never a first round pick. I hate that. They're like, well, they basically got a first round pick for Montez Sweat. Like, no, they got a high second. <laughs> it's not a first. I don't care if it's 33 or 34. It's not a first round pick. Because if you got the Bears first round pick, that's ex- infinitely more valuable than what you got. It's not the same thing. So other deals that got done today. Uh, Green Bay trades Russell Douglas and a fifth to the Bills for a third. Seems like the Bills got a lot of value back there, getting a pick and Russell Douglas for a third. Yeah, um, uh, I that that's huge for them, though. Obviously, Russell Douglas isn't like anywhere near a replacement for Trey White. But they keep losing him every year and every year in the playoffs it fucking hurts them. So they they needed something. And he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. Yeah, it so I, I wrote down that it's a good pickup for them. I would be excited, but I also just don't think it addresses their biggest need on defense. Like, I would have preferred them to make the Leonard Williams trade that Seattle made to help in the trenches, because I I still think that offensively and defensively, the trenches are their Achilles heel. Yeah, or Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat would have been a fantastic addition for the Bills for a second, but good trade overall. Hey, like, their first-round pick is basically a second-round pick. I mean... We already, their third is basically a second. So I just want to take a moment. Listen, fans of the podcast, Matt, the NFL community at large, 
I want to apologize to all of you for having any faith in Jordan Love this season. (laughs) (laughs) I, I liked him in the draft. I said in the preseason that I didn't really believe it, but that I was taking my final shot on him. I picked Green Bay to make the playoffs. I was wrong. I'm a human. We all make mistakes. Most people don't make mistakes as large as the one that I made backing Jordan Love this season. But I can admit when I'm wrong. Jordan Love fucking sucks. He's so bad. I I was like, man, Green Bay gave him that like basically two-year extension thing to see what they have with him. Yeah. No more. No more Green Bay. I can't I can't do another Sunday of being like maybe this is it. <laughs> he gets worse every week. I've never seen a player get worse every single week. The first few weeks, people were kind of like, "Oh, hey, like it's not so bad. He's like kind of doing okay." Just kind of like looking at the stats, but if you watched him play, in those games, he was throwing up arm punts, like several arm punts every game, and nobody was catching it. And now everybody's catching it. <laughs> so it's just, oh, it, the dude just cannot hit a ball downfield. Last week against Denver, he threw a touchdown pass where the dude, it was super behind the dude he threw it to. And that yeah. guy tipped it and it went right to another guy. And I was like, oh, well, Green Bay is obviously going to win this game. You don't have a play like that happen and lose a game. And then they instantly lost the game. And from all the report, I was reading stuff from Green Bay fans today about this Rasul Douglas trade. He was like one of the only dudes in the locker room who was trying to like rally the troops. And he was like, come on, guys, we can still do this, blah, blah, blah. And Matt LaFleur and ownership and the G, I guess it's owned by the fans, but the GM was just like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> we will not have any hope this season because we are starting Jordan Love eight more times. <laughs> you can tell it's bad because Jair Alexander has just completely given up on this team. Oh, yeah. he And I mean, that it says something about him that he would even say this to the media but he came out after the game and he's like yeah man basically the defense just can't give up any points at this point or we're not winning I was like yeah that's a shot across the bow yeah that's not a good look I mean it just kind of adds fuel fire as for me over the years just kind of being like yeah he's a good not great corner I just am feeling pretty good about all my takes from the preseason, actually. Like, picks are doing pretty good. You know, happy about a lot of my takes. Uh, Man, the Green Bay one. (laughs) Tough, tough. I mean, at least I just picked them to be like the seventh seed wild card in the NFC. But uh, that's regrettable. Lions pick up uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones today. Um after their nice bounce back win against the Raiders. I also wrote down Jameer Gibbs, 189 total yards in the touchdown, which we touched on. Um, but DPJ is happy to get out of Cleveland and that locker room mess and get into. Oh God, yeah. I imagine that like Detroit probably has the best locker room right now. Like there's probably the locker room. That's the most fun to be a part of in the league. Oh yeah. I think by far. Um, so I'm sure that's exciting for him. And he, uh, he's from, he went to cast tech here in Detroit and mm-hmm. played at Michigan, so his hometown boy. It's a good pickup for you guys. Kind of exactly the kind of pickup that we needed. I mean, obviously, like, if you can get a real, like, number one outside receiver, yeah, like, that would have been ideal. But after watching how certain trades went, nobody's giving those away. So... They they really just needed someone who can play out outside receiver, be a deep threat, and like honestly, kind of challenge JMO a bit, like because you can't keep dropping balls and expect that you're just going to keep getting on the field. Those are plays that Donovan People Jones can make. In fact, his experience in Cleveland has kind of 
put a damper on what he's capable of. I, he had he showed some flashes in Cleveland, yeah. Too, but it's just like, man, you got PJ Walker throwing you the ball every week. Like Deshaun Watson's been garbage. And like even when he had Baker, it was like Baker had like half of his body injured at once, and they're like, yeah, no, 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 just just get back out there, bud, dude. Come on, go do it, do it. Not do not it. a place I would want to play. Like. If they were like, hey, you got drafted, I'd be like, sweet by who? They'd be like, Cleveland. I'm like, oh, man, I might just keep working my nine to five test job. I don't want to play for Cleveland. I think it was like the early 2000s. And I remember there was like a story about there being like rampant staff infections in the locker room. Yeah. Kellen Winslow like, Jr. got like three in a season or something. Yeah. It was just like, just not a good track record on like being a, functional work environment (laughs) yeah not great uh speaking of not functional work environments i write down my notes during the games when i'm like watching the games over the weekend and on monday and i kind of fill them in before we do the podcast yeah one bullet point was Devontae adams lives in hell (laughs) one catch on seven targets against detroit uh one catchable target against detroit last night on Monday Night Football. He goes to the sideline, slams his helmet down, is just like absolutely dejected. And after the game, they're out talking to him and he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. The Raiders instantly come out and say, 100% chance we are not trading Devontae Adams before the trade deadline. Yeah. I just feel like he's his contract is up. He's an un or he's a free agent in 2027. And I feel like he's just completely stuck there and there's nothing he can do about it until then. And it sucks. Cause he's like a super talented dude. And it's like, man, he really wanted to go there to play with Carr, And now he's in this Josh McDaniels system with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is what whatever is beyond washed that's what he is because the a level of turnover machine that he has been this year is like beyond belief that interception that kirby had kirby joseph had against him on monday night was just veteran nfl quarterbacks should never make that throw in fact, rookie NFL quarterbacks should never make that throw because he was there the entire time. He was exactly where you should have thought he was going to be. Yeah, leading the league in interceptions at nine right now is our good friend Jimmy. Have Having missed several games. Yes. <laughs> uh, I just feel like the Raiders just don't care about anybody. On their team, they're like, yeah, like they they had that big thing with Josh Jacobs in the offseason after he was like the number one fantasy running back last season. Yeah. They're like, no, we're not going to pay you. And then they're just kind of like, ah, Jimmy, you're obviously hurt. We're going to trot you out there. The one time they actually do play the rookie quarterback, they give him zero protection and let him get sacked by Khalil Mack seven times or six times in the same game. Yeah. God, and they now Devontae Adams is just straight up in a jail cell in Vegas, and they won't let him out. And it's not like the fun jail not cell. Not even that for you, fun reasons. Yeah, it's not like the one you landed in for fun. It's like a shitty one. Um, the last deal I wanted to talk about real quick, Vikings acquire Josh Dobbs for uh, Josh Dobbs in a seventh for a six. They, assuming they bring him in to replace Kirk Cousins and his torn Achilles, why can't the Vikings have nice things, Matt? Well, because they're the Vikings. What did the Vikings do to the NFL gods to deserve this fate? You know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but they're four and four. You know, after a brutal start to the season, they lose Justin Jefferson and they're like two and four. And we're sitting here talking about like, this is the end of this era of the Vikings. They should trade Kirk Cousins. This is it. We're never going to see this again. They win two in a row 
big games. They beat San Francisco on Monday night football. They win a division game against green Bay. They grabbed that seventh spot in the NFC. It's like, Oh man, Justin Jefferson's coming back soon. Maybe we can get something going. No, you know what you get now? You get Josh Dobbs. You get the quarterback who was so bad for Arizona on Sunday that they're like, we have no idea who's starting our next game, but we know it's not him. We're either going with Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray with one leg, but it's not going to be this guy. Well, in fairness, I think you have the thought process wrong. I think Arizona, especially from the management standpoint, is like, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. We He got us one too many wins. <laughs> we should have known when they beat Dallas early in the season that like management was like this son of a hmm. It's ruined our Caleb Williams opportunity. He's playing too good. Yeah, I was like, I was looking at Minnesota before this week, and I was like, man, Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. Who knows where and if we see him again, to be honest. It's like the same thing with Rodgers. It's like, he's kind of older, you know, at least Rogers is still on the jets next year, but like Kirk cousins is going to be a free agent. Like who signs him? What's the deal that he gets Do the Vikings sign him back. When does he come back next season? How does he look? I was like, man, they also need a quarterback of the future. You know, which team has like a young quarterback that they could have. Hmm. The Patriots of new England. We have a young quarterback that we would trade you for a pick. No, no, we don't. Bill Belichick did nothing today. My fear with this team is just that like we held on to everybody. And even though Kendrick Bourne tore his ACL this past weekend, we're just going to find a way to go like four and 13 or, and just pick ninth and just kind of miss out on like the cream of the crop talent in this draft and like draft somebody from a division three school. I've never heard of. (laughs) How do you not do anything? Like, we need to be very clear to Patriot fans and to Patriots management. This is a rebuild. You are rebuilding. I don't know if you know that. You're two and six. You had a fun win against Buffalo last week. It's time to get down to business because you guys, your ass is handed to you in Miami again. Why? You have like Uche and Duggar and Anwenu and like these young, talented dudes who are all free agents at the end of the season. You going to pay them? Get some damn picks. Rebuild the team. This is not it. The core of the next great Patriots team is not here right now. We have to build it. And we're not. We're just going to sit in here and doing nothing. I got to watch eight more games or nine more games or whatever it is of Mac Jones this season. Got to watch Mac Jones and Germany against Indianapolis next week or the week after. Got to watch Mac Jones against the Commanders with no sweat and no young this weekend. We got the Giants. We got Denver coming up. We're going to play our way out of a good pick. I know it. Kind of going going back to the, the Kirk Cousins thing, though. Um, it's probably smart to get us off the Patriots topic. Yes. <laughs> I'm a sad panda. Um, the developments in like procedures with that particular injury over the last like decade or so he should theoretically be able to start resuming at least football adjacent activities in like six months so i could definitely see him being on a roster next year and there is one team that just screams to me that they need to make a run at him. Do you know which team I'm thinking of? The Jets. We have two older quarterbacks coming <laughs> off Achilles, yes. battling it out for the start. Conditions job. are perfect. <laughs> Everyone always says having two quarterbacks is better than having one guy. <laughs> And see that, 
depends who that guy is. Yeah. No, I. you know what? I'm going to say that Atlanta doesn't need him. Do you want to know why? Yep. I, I already know where you're going. Go Atlanta ahead. found the goddamn solution this week. The one that's been staring them in the face this entire year. Desmond Ritter leaves at halftime with a concussion. Taylor Heineke, the man, the myth, the legend, comes in, throws for 175 yards on 12 of 21 passing and a touchdown, outscores the Titans in the second half, 20 to 14. After Ritter like scored three in the first half, we're done. We're done with Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. It's Taylor yeah. Heineke season. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a valid point. They're four and four. This team will be twelve and four if Taylor Heineke starts the next eight games. Wait, what's the how many games are there? Thirteen and four if he starts the next nine. Seriously, he came in and looked better than Desmond Ritter. Like Desmond Ritter had that one really good game where he threw for three hundred this season. Taylor Heineke was awesome, man. And I've been pounding the table yeah. for it for weeks now. It's just like uh, I mean, we've we've been on Heineke really since he had that playoff game several years ago, and then really ever since then, every team has just tried. Well, I guess it's primarily Washington, but these teams just keep trying to find a reason to not play him. But every time he plays, he wins more games than people expect him to win. And it's like, hmm, what happens if you make him the starting quarterback for a team that is actually pretty talented and has expectations? Taylor Heineke's the goddamn man. He's a giga chad. He's so good. I wrote this down as a different segment, but uh, I bet on the Falcons this weekend. They were minus 1.5 going up against a rookie quarterback. And I was like, you know, Desmond Ritter's been really bad on the road this season. I don't know if I should make this bet. And I decided to do it anyway because I was like, I believe in the Falcons. I was going to come on the podcast and say that I'm officially never betting on the Falcons again. I'm 0-3 when I bet on them this season. And even when they win, they don't cover. So, you know, there's that. But then they brought in Taylor Heineke. And I was reminded that he's... The man. Yes. I Seriously, like, I'm, I'm not even joking. He comes in 12 of 21, 175 yards. They yeah. outscore Tennessee in the second half. Like, if he had played the whole game, they win. They win that damn game. And they will win every game from here on out that they start Taylor Heineke. My fear is that, like, the GMs in the front office are going to be like, oh, I don't know. We, we started Ritter. We were going with Ritter. He's the starter. If he's healthy, we're playing him. No, no more. Taylor Heineke's season is here. That locker room would probably riot. God, do these guys hate losing. And when it's like, oh man, like we could have won this game. We could have won that game if we had just scored some goddamn points. Although Arthur Smith, I think, has uh, some explaining to do on a second and five in the red zone, taking B. John Robinson off the field to put Janu Smith in the backfield, their backup tight end, to have him throw a pass to their third string tight end while keeping it in to block their number one tight end, Kyle Pitts. Arthur Smith is a chode. (laughs) (laughs) That's my response to that. I like, hate, he's like, they're criticizing him because they're like, well, you know, a couple weeks ago, Bijan was sick and got like one touch for seven yards in the game. And people are like, well, like they're criticizing him. And he's like, I don't care what you think. I would put Kaderil Hodge in and give him 25 carries if it meant we'd win. It's like, you know, his family's like super freaking rich. Like yeah. he's like literally like a trust fund baby. Yeah. He has a trust fund baby attitude. You know what your best chance to win is? Play Taylor Heineke. Give Bajan Robinson the damn ball. Yep. I don't care if he has a headache. 
what is this? What are you guys married? It's like, I have a headache. I can't. You know who else was sick this week? I'm going to say Brown. He had a huge game. Balled out. Okay, last thing before we move on to the final segment. The Broncos beat the Chiefs this weekend. I laid out the case last weekend for the team getting all the smoke blown up their butts, instantly losing, being a trend. And we said it's either going to be the Eagles or the Ravens. The trend hit. We just had the wrong teams. It was the Chiefs. It was the Chiefs and the Swifties that got beat in Denver. Taylor Swift, a little too cold for Taylor Swift to go to the football game. She wasn't there rooting on Travis Kelsey. (laughs) Trouble in paradise? Was she busy skiing? (laughs) I do think it's very ironic. The first game that Taylor Swift doesn't go to since this whole thing, they lose. (laughs) It's like if you watch the broadcast of the game, NBC or Fox, whatever channel it was on, had no idea what to do because they're like, oh, shit, we can't show Taylor Swift. And the Chiefs are only going to score eight. What do we do? Where's Donna Kelsey when you need her? Show Donna Kelsey. Denver did not want to handle that with any level of class, which I I applaud them for that because as soon as that game was over, they started playing Taylor Swift. <laughs> I love that move. Let this be a lesson to the rest of the NFL. Nobody, nobody beats the Denver Broncos 18 times in a row. Nobody. (laughs) That's the greatest line in the history of sports. It truly is. It was Vetus Gurulitis after beating Jimmy Connors after being beat 16 times in a row (laughs) during the press conference said, let that be a lesson. Nobody beats Vetus Gurulitis 17 times in a row amazing line honestly probably the best sports quote of all time is there a sports quote that's better than that i mean there's probably some some ricky henderson lines that are probably in competition with it but i i don't know if anything can outright beat it i actually i kind of take that back my favorite was former new york yankee oscar gamble they don't think it be like it is, but it do. I'm classic line. I'm I'm still gonna go with Gerolitis. <laughs> I just that, live my I live my just... life by Oscar Gamble's words. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't think it be like it is. But it do. All right, Bulls and Scolds, week eight yes. of the NFL season. You went first last week, so I'm gonna go first. Surprisingly, honestly, didn't remember who it was. (laughs) Surprisingly, shockingly for some of you, my bold of the week is not Taylor Heineke. Because I can pick him any week. He's always the bold of the week. Uh, In all seriousness, my bold of the week was Will Levis. He might be afraid of milk, but you know what he's not afraid of, Matt? He's not afraid of the grind. And he's not afraid of Atlanta's defense. No. He was chucking that shit. Man, if we get in the the slightly way back, it's not really the way back machine. It's like the maybe a couple months ago machine, like six months ago, back to the NFL draft. Uh, you will remember that Will Levis was considered as a consensus first round pick with the majority of the intel saying that he was a lock to go to the Colts at fourth overall. Three quarterbacks go in the top four. None of them were named Will Levis. Will Levis falls all the way to the second round, pick 33, which we know at this point is basically a first. (laughs) Callbacks earlier in the episode. Thank Uh, you for explaining that. No problem. (laughs) You know what? You know what makes a joke infinitely funnier? When you explain it in detail. Yes. So he's kind of been like the forgotten guy with Stroud and Richardson and Young getting all the attention, all the hype. Those guys playing pretty good. Uh, Tannehill's hurt. He's been for some reason sitting behind Tannehill and Malik Willis all year. Like we've we've had horrible Titans quarterback play all season. Also had horrible pass protection. 
Yes. But this dude finally gets his shot, goes 19 of 29, 238 yards, four TDs in his rookie debut. Great debut, and I'm sure it felt amazing for him as well after falling in the draft and watching all of his colleagues, like, you know, all of his his class get all the love. And he's like, man, I can do this. Get me out there. He balled on Sunday, and he looked good doing it because those Euler jerseys, are incredible. How is that yeah. not their permanent jersey? Those are the cleanest jerseys in the entire league. Like those are the best jerseys in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, we all know NFL teams don't listen to what their fans actually like. So <laughs> listen to I should just be in charge of like decor decisions for the NFL, like jerseys and stuff. I should be like that. Those are leaving. Those are staying. The Patriots would always wear the red ones. The Titans would permanently be changed back to the Oilers because those jerseys are, I love those. I thought about making my scold of the week, the NFL for threatening to sue the Houston Cougars over wearing similar jerseys, which is, you know, we're not going to get into that, but absolutely ridiculous because Houston's are basically the same and they're super clean as well. But that like, that powder blue with the red, it kind of reminds me of the Sacramento Kings alternates from a couple of years ago where they had yep. like the powder blue Kansas City Royal jerseys. It's such a good look in every sport. And like the football jerseys are just mwah, chef's kiss. But good on you, Will Levis. Uh, I don't know if it'll last. They're going up against the Steelers on Thursday night. So, you know, ride the high while you can, buddy. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll ball out. Like maybe this is a it's going to be a good story for him. But uh, he at least deserves it this week. I think it's really worth noting that if he can keep playing like this, the Titan season is entirely turned around. Because you had a passing attack to that offense, and you still have Derrick Henry and and Tajay Spears. Yeah, you're going to be able to score some points. It may not be like a 30-point-per-game team, but like you're going to be able to put up some points. If you can give that defense a lead to play with... Yeah, how excited was DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> He's like... To finally open. feel useful. Yeah, Will Levis is throwing like dots to him down the field. It, it was good. Yeah. Uh, who is your bold for Week 8? I'm going to Sam Howell. Like, he's still... And, I mean, he hasn't even played a full season yet, so it makes sense. He's still got that, like... That thing where he'll have, like, one or two random throws where you're just like, dude, what the fuck? And that was his interception this week. But... Dude balled out and gave the Eagles everything that they could handle. And... If his defense could play anything that resembled defense, they would have beaten the Eagles this week. Like, he was awesome. He was on an absolute heater. And he just continues to look like a more athletic Kirk Cousins to me. It's funny because I did the entire scold last week on the Washington fighting Georges. I know. I was like, he's been sacked 40 times. He hasn't been sacked less than four, and it's usually five or six. They're going up against Philly, who has like one of the best pass rushes in the league, and he gets sacked once. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, they listened to the podcast. Good job, Eric B. Enemy. You listened. Uh, Washington also, though, kind of falls into my scold for week eight because... My scold is just the concept of the seventh seed in the NFC this season. Someone really bad is going to make the playoffs. You know, we got Philly, Detroit, Seattle. Uh, Someone's going to win the NFC South. Dallas and San Francisco are all pretty much locks at this point, right? Like it's Saints or Falcons. Those six teams are all making the playoffs. Team seven, I was like, oh, yeah, I told you guys earlier, the Vikings, they grabbed the seventh seed. I was like, okay, maybe like, you know, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Addison is 
balling. I don't know what's up with the Vikings getting all these awesome rookie receivers. Like, look at the history of Vikings receivers. Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Diggs, Thielen, Jefferson. Addison is, like, awesome. Their scouting department knows what they're doing at that particular skill group. Hire that. Like, we almost hired Keenan McCardell uh, as our offensive coordinator from the Vikings, who's like their wide receivers coach. And I'm like, oh my God, we should have hired that guy. That was a yeah. mistake. But, you know, now the Vikings are led by Josh Dobbs because Kirk is out. You know, so who's going to make it? Is it like the Josh Dobbs and the Vikings? Is it another NFC South team? Could we see two? Because, like, Atlanta and the Saints are both four and four. You got Tampa Bay there at three and four. The Rams have just, they just got mollywopped by Dallas the other day. I I don't know who the seventh team is. It gets dark very fast. And by comparison in the AFC, it's probably going to be like the Bengals or the Chargers or like someone actually really good, like someone you don't want to play. Yeah. But man, the NFC, it's going to be a, it's going to be rough, whoever it is. The AFC is just so goddamn loaded. <laughs> it's it's not fun. And I mean, like. And the NFC. Looking at those teams, like I think there's a few teams that will be a little bit more palatable than others. But regardless, like you, you still know they're. They're not getting out of the wild card round unless they play against the Cowboys. Which they won't because the Cowboys aren't winning their division. Yeah. Who is your scold for week eight? My scold for week eight. Is anyone who at any point. Believed in the Chicago Bears making a jump this year. (laughs) It's gotten better since like the first three weeks of the season but not enough to make it not an abject disaster there are too many things that we could point to (laughs) to even focus on any one of them they're still going to end up probably somewhere around five wins just because that's how the NFL is but the idea that they were going to be a team that won seven or more games or potentially if like or the idea was that well like if Justin Fields gets hot they can fight for a wild card spot this wild card spot this year excuse me what i'm just not going to get over the montez sweat trade anytime soon a fact it, it's like twofold. It's the fact that a team that's clearly a losing team is adding someone like that. And yeah. the fact that poor Montez sweat has to go from the fighting Georges to the Chicago bears. Like God, this guy's so good. Get him somewhere. Get, like if he would have got traded to Buffalo, I would have been like, Oh crap. Cause I don't like Buffalo, but at the same time I would have actually been happy for him. Cause I'd be like, Oh, good for you, Montez. Like go get somewhere good. You deserve it. Yeah, I mean, I I would have loved for the Lions to pick him up. I mm-hmm. didn't expect us to because I know how we value our draft capital. And they are very much hoping that James Houston or Josh Pascal will come back from injury and be that guy. But when does a second round pick stop basically being a first? Because like your guys is going to be like late second. Is that still basically a first? Where is the line of demarcation between basically a late first and then now a second? Maybe 10. We'll think about it this week and get back to me. (laughs) Uh, But for now, that is it for us. As always, Fouled Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. Find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast long name but you can't miss it i wore my halloween pumpkin jacket that i've had for 10 years uh and it's probably been worn like 12 times so you know check out our tiktok videos this week you can see my awesome jacket and you can see matt's funny uh 
I wanted to say video background, but virtual background. Yeah. It's a good one with Devin featuring Devin Witherspoon. So we'll post those on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, college football this weekend, big weekend for the SEC. As number 12, Missouri takes on number two, Georgia. I'm actually like super interested in that because Missouri's been playing yeah. good football. And I feel like Georgia's kind of maybe been looking for a loss. Uh, and that's right. I said number two, Georgia, because the college football playoff rankings came out today and they put Ohio State at number one. Uh, I don't like Ohio State, but I feel like they've earned that spot with wins over Notre Dame and Penn State so far this season. Well, but I mean, let's also just remember being second is basically first. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> so... the same thing. So says every NFL analyst whose team has ever received a high second round pick. Uh no, the great thing about college football is that this will all play out. Like Ohio State is first and Michigan's third and everybody's all pissed off at each other. But they're going to play. We'll figure yeah. it out. So, um, but yeah, Missouri and Georgia this weekend, uh, 3.30 on Saturday, followed by LSU at Alabama. Always a banger. 7.30 Saturday night. Probably going to determine who comes out of the West. For the SEC to play Georgia in the SEC championship. So that's a big one. Uh, basketball's going. Hockey's going. The Rangers are up 10 nothing in game four of the World Series right now. Looking to put the put the foot down on the throat in that one. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. But all right, my friend, that was week eight. Next week, we'll be back to talk week nine, the halfway point of the NFL season. Very sad. Comes and goes so fast. So. We'll do like mid-season awards, things we've been surprised about, things we didn't expect, and where we think we're going next. All right, my friend. I will see you soon. Yep. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye Robin. Bye, Robin.